Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, I've got some bold predictions for you. One on Johan Rojas and his power potential, and one on Taiwan Walker and potential bounce back year. And plus, we've got Mailbag Tuesday. I was on vacation, but we pushed it a day, so I'm going to answer a question from Twitter as far as what's going on with the Philadelphia Phillies outfield. So we'll discuss all of that on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. I tell you, every episode, it really helps us out here on Locked On Phillies and the Locked On Podcast Network in general. Get you notifications of when new episodes are posted. Uh, it's a great way to consume Locked On Phillies. If you don't watch on YouTube, I urge you to check it out and see what you think. And uh, it feels a lot more immersive than just listening in podcast form. But if you listen in podcast form, that's fine too. Thank you anyway for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Fandle. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on to get started. And today, I've got a couple of bold predictions for the Philadelphia Phillies 2024 season. The first one we're starting with is Johan Rojas and his power potential. So what's the bold prediction? I think that Johan Rojas is not only going to win a job in the outfield this year and be the starting center fielder of the Philadelphia Phillies, I think he's going to hit double-digit home runs this season at the major league level. Yes, you heard me correct. Double-digit home runs from Johan Rojas. Yeah, that skinny dude that looked like he had no pop last year, that's a speedy guy that had some trouble in the postseason with major league pitching. How in the world is he going to hit 10-plus home runs? Well, let me tell you, because the numbers on him – are pretty interesting. First, though, the setting for Johan Ross, right? There's a chance that he ends up in the minors, and that would really throw a wrench in this prediction of mine. But if he does make the team, it's because the Philadelphia Phillies believe he can be an everyday outfielder in center field for this team. That's just the only way he makes it. They're not going to bring him up here to play halftime to split time, to be a platoon guy? No, he might as well play in Lehigh at that point and get more bats and come up later in the season. Rob Thompson actually said just that in his most recent media availability. And we have an episode. You can scroll through the prior episodes. We broke that down. But if he's going to be up in the majors, Rojas is going to be playing basically every day. He's going to get out there, and they're going to trust him to take over center field. And that means he's going to get a lot of at-bats, a lot of plate appearances, and that gives him opportunity. So the opportunity is there for him to get, again, chances to take big swings. Let's look at the numbers, though, because I could have a million at-bats at the major league level. It doesn't mean I'm going to hit a home run. Sample size is not the only thing that matters. It's also the ability to hit the ball out of the yard. If you haven't seen, there have been some pictures of Yohan Ross that surfaced this offseason. Him taking batting practice, the dude looks yoked. He looked like he put on some muscle. We heard this about Alec Bohm last year. We saw a small uptick in Alec Bohm's power. Yohan Roas put on some muscle as well. Maybe if he makes the major league roster, 
he does have a little bit more of that pop, and he might not need that much more than what he's already displayed. So I'm looking at some of his minor league stats, right? And the start of his career, 2018, 2019, down there in rookie ball, low A ball, stuff like that, nothing really as far as pop. And then in 2021, he played in low A, he played in high A, and he hit 11 home runs in the 2021 calendar year. That's pretty darn good, especially considering he played 96 games and had 429 plate appearances. That would probably be around on par with what he would play if he was on the major league roster and was going to give full responsibility over center field. You'd like to see him play more than 100 games if they're going to give him that chance. But I mean, a long season, maybe an injury or two. I don't really know what we're looking at as far as his ability to stand up to a full major league season, the wear and tear on your body, especially with how wiry he is and how much he moves around the outfield, how much running he does. But let's just say he plays 100 games at the major league level next year. Gets around, I don't know, 450 plate appearances. Well, last time he did that, or one of the last times he did that, was in 2021, and he had 11 home runs. So that shows pop. But you're going to say, oh, that's rookie ball. That's low A ball. That's high A ball. It's not the same as major league pitching. Let's move down to 2022. He played 130 games in 2022 between high A ball and double A ball. And in 130 games, he had 556 plate appearances. He hit seven home runs that year. He also had seven triples and he had 20 doubles. So he showed a little bit of pop outside just the home runs. Seven homers that season. A lot of moving around between levels that year. High A to double A, a change there. And as you go from... High A to double A, it's a difference in skill level. So a natural drop back in those power numbers. Seven home runs, not bad, though. I, I don't hate that at all. That's close to my prediction of that 10. You only need to run into a couple more to do that. And then let's go to last year, 2023. And what did Johan Roas do in 2023? Well, he spent a lot of time down in double A, and then he got called up. We know at the major league level he hit two home runs. But what did he do down at double A? He had nine homers in double A in 76 games played, 354 bats. So in double A, after a year of seeing it before and getting his feet wet, in just 354 plate appearances, the guy hit nine home runs. He's going to get more than 350 plate appearances if he makes the major league squad. And he had two home runs in 164 plate appearances at the major league level, which doesn't seem to project out to 10 plus. But what it does show you is that Okay, he's got a taste. He's gotten an experience. Not to mention, he puts the bat on the ball a lot. So he's a guy that, or at least he did in the regular season. People are going to lose it about his postseason, but he hit 302 and 149 at-bats. He's not a guy that's entirely lost at the plate. He's a guy that's a young player that's got to find his footing. So I don't think the question with Johan Roas is, will he ever be a major league hitter? It's, can he be one this year? And how good of one can he be when he gets to that point? Is he going to be like, I, I'm trying to think of the right comparison uh, of a guy, but is he going to be a speedy outfielder that's up there to bat 250, 260 and just be a defensive guy? Or is he going to be a 270, 280 hitter at the major league level, which would make him a average to above average major league bat? These are all questions that will be answered over the years. But I do think that where he would slot in in the lineup near the bottom seeing a lot of fastballs with this stacked Phillies lineup. If he's the starting center fielder, I mean, he hit 
11 home runs last year. He's hit 11 home runs before in a calendar year for the minor league system. Like this is a guy that's had double digit home runs twice over a calendar year in his career. Now he's at the major league level, or at least I'm assuming he's going to be at the major league level. What's to say that he can't show off that pop? So let's weigh out the factors again. 11 home runs twice in his career over a full season or a year's worth of games. Added some muscle this offseason. Looks to have a little bit of pop. Is going to have opportunities because he will not play at the major league level if he's not going to play regularly at the major league level. And he's going to be in a part of the lineup that seems to allow you to get a lot of hittable pitches and hittable pitches with power. If Yolan Rojas can add 10 home runs, listen, I don't need to tell you what that does for the Philadelphia Phillies offense. Like Getting that type of power from that guy is something I don't think they're counting on at all. So it would be a huge, huge jump for the Philadelphia Phillies offense in the bottom of the order production. And this is an offense that doesn't need a huge jump. They had one of the great home run months in the history of baseball at the end of last season. So, yeah, this could be a difference maker for the Philadelphia Phillies ceiling in 2024. And that's my bold prediction. You can write it down right now. Yohan Roas, 10 or more home runs in the 2024 season. And what a year that would be to make you feel good about the future of this outfield with him and Brandon Marsh. And, I mean, you still have Castellanos out there, but you can go ahead and get into a position where you have two young outfielders that you trust and you can just slot in a veteran opposite them in the future when Castellanos and Schwarber's contracts are up. This gives you a lot of coverage in the outfield if Marsh and Rojas can work out. And that's my bold prediction on Johan Rojas. Let me know if you agree or not. I know a lot of people are not going to, but that's just what I feel. And the numbers kind of point to it being a possibility. So let me know if I'm crazy, but that's what I think. And when he hits his 10th home run in the 2024 season, I'm going to hop on here and tell you I told you so way back in January. So keep that in mind. Just wanted to share a thought on that and why it could be a very interesting year for Rojas as we start out today's episode. And coming up next, we're going to jump into a guy who's not new at all to the Major League Baseball scene in Taiwan Walker. But he's a guy that had hmm, probably a down year last year when you look at his ERA. The wins were there, but he wasn't really in a spot where you felt too comfortable with him late, and he didn't even appear in the postseason. How in the world does he bounce back from that? I think he bounces back in a rather big way. So I got a bold prediction for Taiwan Walker coming up as well. We'll get into that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. And I want to tell you about one of our great advertisers and something they focus on. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy in sports is also what keeps your ride or die alive. Your automobile, your motor vehicle. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, so much more. They got everything you could ever want. Maybe you're into speed. Maybe you're into power. Maybe you're into style. Maybe you're in all three. Well, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your car, you're always going to find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're going to be burning rubber and not cash. You got all the parts you need, prices you're going to want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So uh, go ahead and check out eBay Motors, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. 
Let's talk Taiwan Walker. I already talked to you about Rojas, and he's a young player. It's easy to make bold predictions for a guy that, my goodness, I mean, you haven't really seen at the major league level at all. And you could tell he's just an athlete. We don't know if he's a hitter, but he's an athlete, y'all, on Rojas. Taiwan Walker's a guy you've seen 11 years of at the major league level. A lot of good, some bad, and in a Phillies uniform, a weird year last year. You can go back and run through. We have a playlist on YouTube of my 2023 player evaluations. I want you to check out the one on Taiwan Walker and what I had to say because it was a weird year to evaluate. He had 15 wins, which led the club, but he also was in a position where his ERA did not look sterling, and he didn't pitch in the postseason at all. So a bounce-back year is going to be much needed for one Taiwan Walker. Let's look at some numbers and first, actually, before we do that, I might as well tell you what I'm predicting. He's going to have a sub-4 ERA in 2024. Taiwan Walker's ERA is going to start with the number three this coming season. Here's a couple of reasons why. The first thing I always look at when I'm making these bold predictions like this, opportunity. What is the opportunity that Taiwan Walker is going to have to reach that goal? Well, you re-sign NOLA. You have Zach Wheeler. So those are your top two in the rotation. You've already got two top-level guys. Then you have Ranger Suarez in there who may have a good year, may not. He's a tough guy to evaluate. He's shown flashes of greatness. He's had injury issues. He's a tough guy to totally count on, but he's a guy that's a solid upside for a number three pitcher. Like in, in the postseason, don't even get me started on Ranger Suarez. He's awesome. But that means Taiwan Walker who's been an all-star before in his career, is going to be your number four pitcher. And he could, depending on how they evaluate Christopher Sanchez or whether or not they make a late move in the starting pitching free agent market, or maybe even a trade, end up being in the five spot in your rotation. It means different than how the batting order changes, right? If you're batting near the bottom of the order, like we talked to Rojas, you're going to see a lot of fastballs, guys batting around you, command more attention. It's a little bit different with pitchers because – it only really matters the first time around. You don't always match up with the other team's five or put you in a position like that, but it does give him a little bit less internal pressure. There's going to be less asked of Taiwan Walker than of those top three guys I brought up, and maybe even Christopher Sanchez, depending on how he does in spring training. So less pressure, plenty of opportunity to throw. A guy that can eat up a couple innings here and there. And Taiwan Walker, a big-bodied guy who's – seems to be able to withstand the workload of a major league baseball season. I mean, he's been doing it for 11 years, relatively successful. So how does he get to a sub four ERA? Well, he's done it and he's done it recently back in 2022 with the New York Mets. Tom Walker won 12 games. He threw 157 and a third innings pitch, which is less than 20 indifference from what he threw this past year in Philadelphia, three, four, nine ERA. The year before, when he was an all-star, a 4-4-7 ERA is how he ended. Now he collapsed in the second half of that season, so that really hurt his numbers. But we already have an instance of him going sub-4 in the past two years. So that shows you he's capable of doing it. Let's look back a little bit further, though. Uh, back in, uh, let's go to 2017. A 3-4-9 ERA, 157 and a third innings pitch. That's actually wild. I can't believe I've never noticed that before. Taiwan Walker in 2017 with the Arizona Diamondbacks had the exact same ERA to the decimal point and the exact same number of innings pitched to the decimal point as he did in 2022. I don't think I've ever seen it replicated like that, but he has the ability to do this, right? We've seen him do it before. And yet 
2016, 4.22 ERA in Seattle. 2015, 4.56 ERA in Seattle. There are only one, two, three, four, five, six seasons where Taiwan Walker has ever gone over 100 innings pitched. He's gone sub-4 ERA in two of them. He's gone over a 4 ERA in four of them. So it's kind of a coin flip here. But I think he's in a position where he's going to be very motivated by what he perceived as disrespect from the Philadelphia Phillies by not using him in the postseason. He likes some tweets after the season about how he should have been used in the postseason. Uh, Rob Thompson was asked about it. Dave Dombrowski was asked about it. They said everything's fine with him. He's going to be back. They signed him to a multi-year deal in last year's free agency, so it's not like he's going anywhere because he was annoyed he didn't pitch in the postseason. This is a strong locker room environment, so I don't think he's going to come in not happy with the manager, but I do think he's going to come in wanting to shove and say, yo, I can't believe you didn't throw me in the postseason last year. I'm going to prove to you that I'm a great pitcher still. And I, I see great numbers from him at points in his career. The potential is there. I think the reduced pressure of maybe a lesser role this time around, the motivation of the postseason snubbing, and the reduced pressure of simply just having a second year in Philadelphia. Now, he pitched in New York for two years. That's a tough market. We know how New York sports fans are, very similar to Philadelphia sports fans, except they never win anything. <laughs> Had to get that one in there. But the point is, like, it's still tough when you get to a new city new team. Your first year can be a step back year. Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, we've seen this in this city. He had a step back year. Tywin Walker, the guy we're talking about. Maybe this is also a situation where he feels more comfortable with where he's at. But I think he's going to have a sub-4 ERA. I think he's going to fit in nicely. If he does do that, there's a really good chance he's your third best pitcher because Ranger Suarez has been iffy lately in the regular season. Christopher Sanchez is young. I think he might have a bit of a reduction in production this year. So just a bold prediction that has some base in fact, but would be surprising to see if Tywin Walker was a sub four ERA this year. I can't guarantee he's going to get back to 15 wins. I imagine he's going to take a step back in that category. But if Walker sub four, you got Nola, you got Wheeler, you're going to have Ranger Suarez, who we know is a playoff lights out guy. And hey, his ceiling is high. Christopher Sanchez has only shown you really good things since he's taken over as a starter, and you could still add to this rotation. I don't think they're going to, but you could still. So things are looking up if Walker can go ahead and take care of that this year for the 2024 Phillies. So those are my two bold predictions that I wanted to get into today. I'm feeling a little saucy today, so I wanted to throw something out there for you to think about. Uh, let me know which one in the comments you agree with more as more likely. Maybe you think both of them are done. You're like, this guy's an idiot. Tell me what you think then. Are they both going to have down years? I want to know your thoughts on those bold predictions. And coming up, speaking of your thoughts, we're going to get into Mailbag Tuesday. So normally it's Mailbag Monday. I was on vacation. So we had to push it a day. But we're going to answer a question from a tweeter at a, an Xer, a tweeter. And they changed the name of that website. But we're going to get into that coming up as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies. All right, let's get into Mailbag Tuesday. And today's question comes from Sean Fitzpatrick on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. And here's the question. How do you see center field shaking out? Rojas establishing himself in spring training? Platooning with Marsh? Marsh returns to center? 
And I've kind of already covered this in the Johan Roas conversation for why he's going to have the opportunity to potentially hit double-digit home runs this year. I think he's going to do that, and I would love to see that for the young center fielder. And you notice I call him the young center fielder. I think that if Roas is going to make the team, he's going to be your everyday center fielder. There may be times where he struggles and they have to go to the bench, and that's why I think they should still add a left-hander, a left-handed bat, rather, I should say, that can play the outfield, that can make up for struggles that Roas goes through, maybe Marsh goes through. Marsh is still a young player. Uh, and maybe even Castellanos will struggle at some point, so you need to get somebody out there. Defensively, you could need a replacement. Maybe that's Christian Pache. I hope it's not Jake Cave, but I'd rather have an upgrade over those two guys. Here's how I see center field shaking out, though. Like, again, it's Rojas's job to lose, and I think the Phillies are coming around on him being the guy. I just don't see a world where they have him at the major league level and he's not your everyday center fielder. That'd be unfair to the kid's development and it'd be dumb for the organization. And I don't get the feel that he's going to end up in AAA. I think he's good enough. He had 300. Well, he had over 300 in 149 at-bats last year in the regular season. I want to see more at the major league level. I don't know what more I'm going to learn about him at AAA. And I think he can help this team win with his defense. So center field is going to be Rojas, in my opinion. Marsh is also going to have to be an everyday player. He needs to play every day in left field. You can't keep doing this. If you're Rob Thompson, you can't keep doing the, oh, we have a lefty on the mound, Brandon Marsh can't play. Oh, we have a lefty on the mound, Bryson Stott can't play. And I know we're talking about the outfield, but these guys have matured into major league caliber hitters. You have to trust your players to be great. And the Phillies, frankly, with the money they've committed to the top players, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, J. Chiromito, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, and then on the pitching side, Aaron Nola, uh, Zach Wheeler maybe an extension coming. I mean, there's a lot of money committed to big-name guys on this roster. So you don't have a lot of depth that some other teams boast. Some teams, like Atlanta, for example, low-value contracts, early in players' career. Because of that, they can bring in a bunch of depth pieces. They can have an incredibly balanced roster at the major league level. The Phillies went star power. They went huge free agent contracts. And now you don't get as much from the 24th, 25th, 26th men on your roster when it comes to the regular season. So that means that you need to trust in the guys who are good enough to start for you more. And I think Brandon Marsh needs to be an everyday player in left field. I think Yohan Roas needs to be an everyday player in center field. And Nick Castellanos has done nothing in my mind to lose his position as the everyday right fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies. So if you had to ask me, and Sean Fitzpatrick did, thank you again for the question, Sean. I think you're going to see a much more stable outfield for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2024. A lot less moving around, changing positions, anything like that. You'll see Christian Pache every once in a while. You'll see Jake Cave every once in a while, unless they upgrade on that spot. And if they do, then you're going to see whoever that guy is every once in a while. But I want to see a large majority of games played by Marsh, Roas, Castellanos. In fact, I would love to see 115 or more games played by each of those guys at, at a base minimum. That Injuries, obviously, notwithstanding. I would love to see them play 115-plus games at the major league level. So you have a good idea of what you have for the next era of Phillies baseball. So great question, Sean. Hope that answered it for you. Um, hope you agree. And if not, feel free to get back at me and let me know what you think I got wrong there because you did ask the question. I'm sure you had a bit of an opinion yourself. But 
you can jump in on Mailbag Monday every weekend. I'm going to post a tweet. You can reply to it, and you can uh, jump in with questions just like that, and I'll answer them for you here on the podcast. So appreciate you tuning in. That's all for today's episode of Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. We are, again, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As soon as you're done this video, it'd be a great time for you to subscribe to the YouTube rate or review wherever you're doing the podcast. As soon as you're done listening to this, if you're listening to podcast form, I'd really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.